All right, all set. Here we go. Parents don't have to have all the answers. Do you know what you're interested in? Do you know what you want to do? And you quite simply you get a yes or a no. If there's something else that she wanted to do in the longer term, is there another way to do it? Is there another way to get there? One of the careers advisor mantras is, you know, what, what's your backup plan and, and have you got some other ideas? 18, 19 we, 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 years old, we're sending apprentices to basically anywhere on the, on the globe. I think we've covered just about every continent with apprentice visits. Hello and welcome back to the Parent Perspective podcast from Amazing Apprenticeships and Not Going to Uni. I'm Rachel Burden and this podcast is all about making sure that you, the parents and carers, have everything you need to help your children make the right choices after leaving school or college. Whether that's apprenticeships to technical education, work experience or traditional academic study, whatever next steps your child might be considering, we've got it covered. You can find us on the Amazing Apprenticeships website or wherever you get your podcast from, and you can join the conversation on social media as well. Now, this episode is a bit different. It's Options October, and this one is all about showing you, yes, that's the adults, the parents, the carers, that apprenticeships are also a positive option for any of you if you fancy a career change. It's never too late. And we're going to speak to Karen, who has retrained as a nurse, and Marie, who is Director of Apprenticeships for the School of Nursing and Midwifery at the University of Kiel. Marie, Karen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being there. Hi, thanks for having us. Thanks, Rachel. Karen, let's start at the beginning. Tell us what kind of choices, options were open to you when you were at school. So when I was at school, I think, I mean, I think the hardest thing for any child coming to their end of their school um, process is knowing what you want to do for the rest of your life. It's the biggest question at 15 years old, you're being asked, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And we had careers advice and um, careers people would come in and sit and talk to us and uh, at the time, I think I wanted to be an air hostess or something random like that because I wanted to travel the world. Um, but then um, once you sit down and you have a speak to these people and you realise what the jobs are about, back to the parents, speaking to my mum and dad, mum um, and dad very sensible. You need a job that it's going to go somewhere. It's always going to be there. It's never going to end. And um, that for me was business and finance. So that was the path that I took. And what was that path? Describe that so for I us worked, and where did it I lead you? in um, insurance, um, providing insurance for banks and then the banks provided insurance for other people. So we'd be underwriters for things like that. And I did that for um, close to 10 years. Um, but the job for me just become a bit of the same, going in every day, having the same conversations or every month, the same meetings. And it just I felt very robotic um but by that point I'd got children um and it's just the things you do you kind of get up you take your children to school you go to work you come home pick your children up you cook tea and you go again um and that's the way it was and then probably at the point of 10 years I just thought no I can't continue to do this I'm not happy in the job and obviously your children and your family can see you're not happy and it's like I need to make a change and just it was just, I need to do something, anything, um, which was when I decided just to go and apply for a job at the hospital as a healthcare assistant. Um, and that's what I did. And it was the best decision I ever made because I suddenly was open to a world of stuff I never knew, never knew about the different people. I mean, absolutely not even one hour was the same, never mind one day the same. Um, and I just knew that 
that was where I needed to be in that kind of work. Um, but at that time, I didn't see that my career would progress there. I didn't know how it would progress there because I was a mum with children. So, yeah. So it was a leap of faith. And when you were making that decision, was it always healthcare that you were sort of drawn to? No, not at all. When I uh, went back to tell my dad, like, I'm leaving my job and don't worry, it's fine. I've got another job. It's all going to be okay. And my dad sat there and said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to be a healthcare assistant at the local hospital. And he laughed and he went, Karen, you can barely look after yourself when you're unwell. How are you going to look after other people? So it was absolutely not something that I ever saw would change my career and the rest of my life, basically, which sounds very dramatic, but it has literally changed. And and the key thing here, which I think is really bold of you, is at that stage, you didn't know the progression that you would go through. It was a leap of faith. It was just a kind of gut feeling, I've got to do something different. So it's a really brave decision to make. It was. And I mean, when I sat there in my interview, um, I can always remember the matron that interviewed at the time, she stopped me halfway through the interview and said, this isn't what I normally do, but you want to just go and spend an hour with somebody. And then if you come back for the interview, that's fine. And if you decide to leave, that's also fine. But just just so you know what you're changing into. Um, and that's what I did. And when I knocked on her door an hour later, she said, oh, you must be mad. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't and she, and even now we pass each other on the corridor and she still remembers that moment. It was uh, it was a big change for me in career and not knowing what I was going to do with that as well. It was a it was a big jump. So you worked as a healthcare assistant and such a valuable role within our health service. And that can mean a whole range of different things. So presumably, at first, it's just about getting the training for that and getting your head around it, working in a completely different environment. At what stage then did you think, oh, there might be a next step? Yeah, so I can remember about two years into working as a healthcare assistant. And obviously, people around me that I work with, they were a lot younger than me. Um, and we're going off to do at the time, it was a lot of people did their nurse diploma because there was always the diploma and the degree. Um, and I can just remember sitting there thinking, oh, gosh, I'd love to do that. That's something I'd really love to do. And then I looked into it. Um, and then you kind of convince yourself, no, 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 I, I can't do I'm not in the right place for that right now because I've got children. So that wouldn't that wouldn't be a good idea because at the time I'd got three children um five ten and twelve possibly they were at that point and I'm thinking I'll just get them a little bit older and once they're older then I'll find the time to do that and that was the excuse I possibly made for maybe nine years um and in those nine years the practice educator facility team at the hospital would hound me down because I'd become a support for their student nurses I'd be teaching them the fundamentals of nursing and care basic care um and they'd be like you need to go and do this and I was like I know I need to I just can't afford to it's a big jump it's a lot of debt at my age with three children um and then in those nine years I thought right I'm going to do it however then had another little girl (laughs) you went for number four number four child came mad woman um and also the apprenticeship um so both of those pretty (laughs) life-changing yeah um so the um the lead for workforce support uh, support come down and told me the apprenticeship was going to be advertised. Um, and I said, oh, but now I've got a little baby. And she said, no, I don't want to hear anymore that it's not the right time because there's never a right time. So think about it, go home. I think you should apply for it, which is what I did. Um, and obviously got my place, had an interview with Keel alongside Leighton and got offered my 
apprenticeship nurse degree. Let me bring in Marie then at this stage, because it is so familiar what Karen's saying here. And I think for so many women, and it applies to men as well with different responsibilities, it, it never feels like it's the right time. So how do you get the confidence then to, to make that leap and make a switch and do something completely new? I think life experience helps. And in particular, if we're thinking about the value of apprenticeships, particularly in healthcare and nursing, what Karen's just described in switching from her finance and business um, arena to one in healthcare does take a leap of faith. But actually through apprenticeships, we're able to recruit a more diverse and local workforce that are going to help grow our own staff within the NHS and private organisations that are using those um, apprenticeship routes. So I think probably one of the key messages is you need to go and see what's out there and what's on offer. So scope your local organisations. If you're considering a change or if you're considering dipping your toe into a completely different sector, um, such as the care sector or within the NHS, go and explore resources and facilities that are going to welcome you in. Even if it was something such as a voluntary basis or voluntary work, you can at least then get some exposure to what a healthcare setting environment is going to look like and also consider those diverse roles within that healthcare setting. Yeah. And the thing is that Karen was worried about really being overwhelmed by the experience when she's got so much going on in life. But I guess you need to well, find people like yourself to really understand what's involved, what the commitment is, how you might be able to manage that within your own sort of wider domestic life. Absolutely. And, and having a, an understanding and an appreciation for it as vocational training, what are your motivations for wanting to enter the healthcare sector and specifically within nursing because we know it's not without its challenges it's a very um tough degree it's a full-time program there is a financial perspective but clearly an apprenticeship route has helped us to widen access and participation for people in Karen's situation who wanted to retrain and enter a new profession and we've now got more career pathways and routes into nursing than we've ever had before and that is because of apprenticeships really so you know that the fact that we've still got people sitting there who may presume that they're going to have to sacrifice uh, you know their job that they have currently to then take on student debt to come and fund themselves on a three-year program that's not the case anymore if you can secure an apprenticeship route through um, an employing organization there are many routes into nursing now and also in terms of entry criteria mm. so if you don't feel that you you left school with the required entry criteria for a degree of apprenticeship or a degree program we've now got things like shortened routes from the nursing associates level five program that you would come and have exposure to complete a foundation degree and then could step in and do a shortened route into registered nurse degree apprenticeship so the, there's multiple options that are there that weren't there before because of apprenticeships so don't be put off by the fact that you might not have or you, you might think you don't have the, the, the grades absolutely to, to yeah. take on something like this. And and to be brutal about it, Karen, you couldn't have completed or, or even thought about going to get a degree at this stage in your life if you didn't have the apprenticeship option. Financially, that that would have just been too much to take on. Yeah, I mean, when you get to I mean, I was 40 when I started the apprenticeship and the last thing I wanted was to leave myself in three years time with a debt of £30,000 um, so obviously and obviously still needing to work as well so the apprenticeship for me I was getting a salary every month 
I was going to finish my nurse degree with no debt. Um, and I think another thing was some of the myths that go with nursing and going to university. I was always a believer that it was a nine till five, Monday to Friday. And that is a big commitment for a mum with children at school. Um, and it absolutely wasn't that at all. So it, like you say, it's about getting to those points of interviews and asking those questions. And a lot become so much clearer for me once I had my interview with Keel um, alongside Mitchell. Yeah. And you began to see how it was manageable within your yeah, own, and own life and other commitments. Yeah. Marie, you talk about Karen's business experience. What is the value of, of having someone like that within the NHS environment? absolute value um karen's experience brings experiential learning that has transferable skills undoubtedly which would be the same of i guess any person at a certain age who's thinking of changing career direction you, you're not entering the profession without um, a skill set that is transferable so communication skills being able to um meet the general public and be able to problem solve to be able to organize time manage these are all key skill sets that you're going to require whilst on a degree program for either a nursing associate or a registered nurse so though that experiential life experience is extremely important i feel goes um, an awful long way when we are transitioning people from careers that have been quite diverse as you would say there are still transferable skills definitely there yeah there must have been moments, Karen, where you had essays to write or lectures to access, whether that was remotely or in person, and you've got kids to pick up from school, or you've got to go and sort this out and that out, everything that comes with, you know, four kids, even if you've got a partner who's really involved as well. Were, were there moments where you thought, I, I can't actually cope with all of this? Or, or were there ways that you could maybe go and speak to your training provider and say, it's all getting a bit too much? this week this month whatever well i mean the first day was quite overwhelming because we started in the middle of a pandemic um the plan was my daughter was at nursery so that wasn't a problem however the week before she started with a cough and the rules then were you cough you potentially covid you can't come in until you cough temperature free so even my first day of uni was her in a high chair next to me with a coloring book and me with my laptop trying to work out how i log on to online learning um, and thinking, oh my gosh, what have I done? Um, but yeah, I mean, the support from Keel has been absolutely amazing. They are fully aware of a lot of the people um, on the nurse in the green, especially the apprenticeships, have got other factors going on, other things going on, and they're very supportive. I mean, I was quite lucky through mine. Um, I'd got a partner to support me, help the childcare as well and stuff like that. So it was a bit more of a teamwork session. Um, but Keel were absolutely fantastic with their support as well. You never felt like you were under pressure. You'd always got someone you could talk to um, that would kind of touch you back down on the ground and say everything's fine and just take a deep breath and it's going to be okay. I've, a friend of mine uh, retrained as a midwife recently, um, and that's in the Greater Manchester area. And um, I think one of the things she found kind of interesting but also really um, stimulating was she's pretty young she's she's a mother of, of four as well actually but she was also there with really young um students just out of school but also lots of older people like her who'd had different life experiences and, and you're all kind of thrown in together and that that's quite an interesting dynamic did, 
was it similar for you Karen yeah so one of my best friends at uni that I didn't know before starting there was the same age as my eldest daughter um and she keeps reminding me of that all the time <laughs> and she says I'm being more like a mum to her than a friend um but yeah you I think in the career certainly from the NHS anyway because we work with lots of different age ranges of people um that doesn't overly become apparent until someone like my friend points it out do you because <laughs> you're kind of all in it together you're all focused on the same thing you're all driven for the same end result um you're all running the same race basically so yeah. and could you regress a little a little bit back into student life um it would have been nice to I think if campus was available to us in the first couple of years and we did attend freshers day I have to say um only a year late but we did attend <laughs> probably the oldest fresher on the camp but um yeah it was it was nice it was nice to have that to walk out of the family life and have that student life again and then come back home and be a mum again you know so and, and do you find Marie very different attitudes to learning uh, between your your younger students and your more mature students yeah absolutely I think um in, in Karen's case and um our student demographic does tend to be mature females from our local area and local region um so it clearly gives an opportunity for for growth and development for perhaps underserved communities sometimes um I think probably what you see with the, the difference specifically between mature and um you know the 18 year old students again are those things perhaps around life experience and those transferable skills that are already there in terms of time management organization problem solving and communication and being able to do that I think sometimes again there's a, a balance in the opposite direction where perhaps our more uh, youthful students are very au fait with online learning um integration and I guess um interfacing with online platforms which is something that we had to really undertake um on the hop and turn it around very quickly as the pandemic hit because our programs continued to run we didn't stop running any nursing programs out of Keele University when the pandemic was there so we we had students in practice and we had them in theory as well so I think it's a nice mix and I think Karen would agree that um, the experiences that our younger students share help sometimes in terms of being IT literate and, and helping to support perhaps our more mature students and engaging with the platforms for a blended learning approach. And that's something that we try to provide so that people can manage their home lives as well as being a full-time student. So we, we have a blended approach to learning. So use of technology, online simulation, um, all sorts of virtual reality um, and I think it's a nice I think it's a nice mix Karen I, I get a sense that our group's age doesn't seem to to be a prevalent issue in no, terms of the way that people integrate yeah we all had a role to play sort of like so the younger students that probably didn't have a family and had a little bit more time they were the ones organizing the hoodies for the start of uni and we were just going along with it and that letting them sort that out because they had the time to do that as then we would be there for that little bit of advice when they were nervous on the first day of placement and we kind of all just blended in and worked together and it really is such a good mix to have the mature students with the with the straight out of college students I think anyway in my experience it's it's been valuable. And, and Maria a couple of times you've talked about the importance of going out and um, encouraging um 
talent from your local workforce. You clearly see that that's really key to kind of building a sustainable workforce within the NHS. But I guess that applies to other sectors as well. So if it's not healthcare or the care sector, um, but just looking locally at what other industries are offering, they may well put a, a primacy on, on pulling in local people who 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 will invest and stay there and, and be committed. Yeah, I mean, that is the, the premise of apprenticeships, uh, growing and developing your local workforce, hopefully improving outcomes for your local community, as well as the people that are accessing the services within that community, whilst also demonstrating that attrition in programmes or job roles remains at a quite a steady or, or low kind of value, really, because you don't want to to train people and have them go through to a national pool and you lose them very quickly. Mm. So it's a, a really good way of, of reinforcing and actually I feel raising aspirations for our local community. So it might be that, you know, in some parts of our local community here, which are particularly deprived or underserved or vulnerable, there can be a lack of aspiration for young people to have a, a feeling of what's next, what is my motivating factor, particularly if you haven't fed so well within an education system within secondary education i feel like apprenticeships and particularly apprenticeships within um healthcare and the healthcare sector provide that vocational training but also give them the sense of it's never too late to return to education and it's in a very supported environment which should raise their aspirations and their future outcomes and that kind of, that brings me full circle for where I was from clinical practice. I was a health visitor working in local communities and hoping to raise aspirations for young families, parents, and, and those people who, who haven't worked for a number of years. And, and Karen, in terms of your own job progression then, you obviously went into it as a healthcare assistant, you did the degree apprenticeship, um, and, and you're a nurse now. Can you see how you might progress from here? Is that, is that maybe not even on your radar? Are you happy where you are? Um, so throughout my apprenticeship, I've undertaken sort of like extra tasks as well. So one of our um, modules within our apprenticeship was about business development um, and innovations within the workplace. And at the time, I put that into practice myself in um, my A&E department um, and developed a... Um, so basically, our bed management system was all done by paper and phone calls. And I developed an electronic system and was able to put that in place in the trust. And it's now running um, the trust is now just signed up to a digital clinical systems program with an external company and we're building our own internal clinical system um, and they've already approached me for that before I started to work alongside them to build that system because I've used so many over the three years I've worked in different places all that experience and exposure I've kind of got and know what's going on in every area so they're using me to um, help build that clinical system um, so I'm doing two days um, as a nurse and then some time doing that as well. So, yeah, that maybe, amazing. maybe one day kind of developing on into a managerial position. You're going to be running the place, Karen. <laughs> the yes, clearly. Stay, stay clinical as well. I mean, well, for that. well, that's a really good point, because there was a reason that you left your last role um, in, in business and finance and insurance you wanted something else from life and from your job. Are you still getting that? Do you still get that sort of sense of satisfaction every day? Oh yeah, there's nothing better than, I mean, I'm not gonna say that every day is amazing because it isn't, there's tough days, 
but those tough days you've got your colleagues around you and you kind of muddle through it and you've got to the end of your day and it's fantastic but there's not a day that I wake up now where I don't look forward to going to work um and I couldn't say that as I was getting to my 10 years of working in business it was uh I had to have motivation to get up and now there's a driver there already that makes me get up and go in so yeah amazing so Marie let me ask both of you but starting with you Marie anyone listening now this is a podcast for parents and carers really and and, and usually we focus on the advice we can give them to help their children but there may be people in the course of all these conversations going hang on this is my time this is my moment but it takes guts so what advice would you have um where would you even start I would advise them to access the resources that we have available at our fingertips, really. So a good starting point is, particularly if you're thinking of um, NHS careers, using their website, using the Skills for Health website, but also accessing your local university or education provider, their websites, or actually just coming to campus to, to meet with somebody for a chat or attending our open days. We every kind of university or educational provider will have a very specific apprenticeship page within their landing site and their website. And we're here to give advice. And even if we've got people at a point where they're not ready in terms of entry criteria, our apprenticeship team here can signpost them to further education colleges to go and get their functional skills on board so they can perhaps join next time around. Um, Again, what I would also advise is that via NHS careers that they're seeking options that are available through our organizations who are employing apprentices. So if you're seeing um, a vacancy for an apprenticeship route, take the chance, apply, speak to your local NHS organizations, also speak to your private and voluntary sectors because they can also use apprenticeship levy to support their people who are already working for them. So uh, there's an array of resources, but most definitely attend an open day, have a look Mm. at the websites, speak to other people who you know might be already on an apprenticeship route. We certainly um, use our alumni and our current apprentices to speak with potential candidates coming through to give them the lived experience really of this is how it feels, this is what you're gonna need, these are the top tips for survival. Um, So uh, that would be my starting point. What about you, Karen? Yes, I definitely second everything that Marie said. Um, I think my biggest piece of advice was is not to put it off. Don't think that you're not ready yet because you're probably never going to be ready. You just got to make that jump. I mean, for me as well, it also showed uh, my children. My youngest son was doing his GCSEs as I started and we sat down at the table together studying. And I think he found so much support from, from me just being there, sat at the table with my books while he sat with his. Um, and my youngest daughter now can do a chest examination and auscultation probably better than most people I know <laughs> because she's seen it and I've used her and I've practiced so they're learning they're learning with you like books my little girl with a book she loves a book and it's probably because I've sat there and that's all she's seen since she's been a baby in arms is mum with a book so um, you're not just giving something to yourself you actually you are giving something back to your family so my yeah don't think that you're not ready because there's always something that will make you not ready but you work around it as a parent you find a way to work around yeah you always do we're we're resourceful when it comes to work around but you are a real role model 
Karen. Amazing story. And it's been lovely to hear it. Thank you so much. And thank you, Marie, as well, for bringing your experience uh, to the conversation today. We really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone else for listening to this episode of The Parent Perspective. If you have any questions you'd like us to answer, you can find Amazing Apprenticeships on social media at Amazing Apps UK or look for Not Going to Uni, which is at Not Going to Uni and just use the hashtag Parent Perspective. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you.